0: Um, thank you for being here guys. Uh, hello to anyone listening online. I know that some people get online and listen to these. Um, thank you for being here. I was very humbled um, to be asked to share my story with you all but I'm honestly I'm really terrified <laughs> to be up here but I just keep reminding myself I'm here to brag on God not on myself. Um, I know that there are many of you here that knew about me before I ever stepped foot on this campus um, that stood with my parents praying over me um, during many of my troubled times. So I just want to thank you. Thank you for being here. And um, it's such a cool story that God God has done. He is so good. Um, I'm going to share... Several personal experiences that I went through to find Christ, and um, several times that the Lord had been faithful, especially when I had not. Um, some, for some background, I mean, and pictures. Um, we love those. So I was born to Carrie and Clyda Bolsey. This is uh, probably around 1970 or 80. <laughs> And this is in the 90s. This is how they looked. (laughs) And this is them in 2000s. And most recently, this is them. You might recognize them. Anyways, um, I was born in 1984 in the summer. Go. There we go. Um, I had three siblings to welcome me into this world. Go. Go. their names are Michelle, Carrie, and Jamie, 11, 10, and three years older than I. Um, <laughs> I don't have a great memory, so a lot of these pictures trigger some really great memories. Um. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but whenever I'm in the audience, I just love to see a ton of pictures, and I'm always disappointed when I don't get to see a bunch, so that's what I'm giving you guys tonight is a bunch of pictures, because as I was going through all the photos that my mom diligently kept up, thanks, mom, um, I just couldn't pick five. (laughs) I had to pick, like, 30, so... um, Um, I tried to keep it as much in chronological order as I could, but you'll see where I deviate that for, for that a little bit. Um, I really like pictures because you can see a, a outfit or an accessory or something and it just instantly takes you back to that time and that place and those feelings and I don't know, I, songs do that to me too. I just really love how our minds remember some of those things. So um, when I think back and reflect on some of these pictures of my younger childhood, I'm reminded of some great memories. I was a brownie in Girl Scouts. And I enjoyed, maybe if it will go, there we go. Um, I enjoyed jumping rope, and I loved participating in the Jump Rope for Heart fundraiser when I was a kid. Um. I loved riding bikes. I mean, don't we all? When we were kids, anyway. I don't like riding now. Um, I love to climb trees. Go. It's not going. Okay. love to climb trees. And um, I loved to read. <laughs> and I loved actually reading in trees. I remember climbing that, um, that oak tree in the background all the way up as high as I could go uh, and just sitting there with a the book and reading. It was my quiet spot. It was my um, – how do you stop this slideshow? Can you stop it? <laughs> it's showing pictures I don't want to be shown yet. <laughs> Sorry. It's messing up. So anyway, um, I liked climbing the tree and reading, and just it was kind of my hideout. It was kind of my spot to get away. Um, anytime I had a bad day, I'd climb up in that tree and I just overlook the landscape and enjoy enjoy the beauty of it. I don't I don't know, I, it felt like hours, but it's probably only like you know thirty minutes or whatever till I calmed down. Um, it was also not uncommon uh, to find me across the street playing with the kids, the neighbor kids. Uh, Before we had, you know, lots of screens and everything. I was part of that age that got to enjoy childhood. And um, I also, apparently, in one of my slides here, I like to pose on the slip and slide and make my mom take pictures. (laughs) Don't ask me why. Um, All right, in some future slides here, you'll see that I loved my family. Um, I had, I love cats, my kitty cats from uh, when I was young. I loved singing the choir with my mom and playing flute. I was even a drum major in my junior year of high school. But there was also some not so great memories lodged into my brain, even from young elementary age. I don't know why I can so easily recall the bad times, but not as good as the, not not so easily the good times Um, elementary school brought a lot of teasing comments about my weight. You know, I was always usually picked last for kickball. (laughs) I know, terrible, isn't it? Uh, never had the attention of any of the boys, which I thought was kind of odd for me to be craving that in elementary school. Um, and then, you know, the friend, the so-called friend, who would, um, call me all sorts of bad names and be cruel one day and nice the next, um, just just really, I don't know, it, was, it just really hurt. Uh, maybe those names were common in her home, I don't know. Um, but I accepted those words to be truth about myself and allowed them to reverberate in my head for many, many years, uh, shattering my self-esteem and shaping the way I viewed myself for a long, long time. Those words, they're terrible, and we learned about those in the Bible, too, how bad they are, how bad they can be. I just never seemed to fit in anywhere, and it just really made me feel unlovable. Of course, awkward middle school didn't make it any better, and uh, I tended to err on the quiet side in high school. Made good grades for the most part, loved science classes, math, and music. As far as my church upbringing, my dad grew up Lutheran, so naturally that's how I grew up as well. I remember the pews and the lighting that's so much like our auditorium above us. I remember the best hugs a kid could get from Reverend Stodicker after service. I remember confirmation class. I was confirmed around probably age 13, maybe. And I remember going to LVR, Lutheran Valley Retreat, out in Colorado. It was a beautiful camp that teens could go to to experience retreat life. Cabins, mess hall, singing around campfire. A lesson or two about God, I'm sure, but I can't remember one. (laughs) I do remember, though, God's flame start to flicker within me during one of those retreats. I came home different one time somehow. Praise the Lord. He called me. I say it this way because I didn't actually know him, even though I'd attended church a few times a month. I hadn't been born again yet. But looking back now, I can see that his spirit was placed in me during one of those retreats up to that point I'd pictured God way up there and not really loving to those of us in these non-biblical days. Uh, He wasn't really real to me. Church was just a time to make me wake up early and sing boring songs and sleep or daydream during sermon. Youth group I felt was awkward time just someone talking about something I didn't understand or I couldn't grasp and just Felt like I never gave the right answers anyway. But nevertheless, I knew I was called. And once we're called, the enemy certainly knows how to get in to the life of us. Uh, It wasn't too long afterwards that I started getting into some trouble. At an early age, I discovered internet pornography and late night HBO movies. This greatly altered my view of self and of sex, and the view of women's sexual roles. At 13, 14, I met an older boy at a summer camp that did drugs and was instantly more interested in him and his semi-sexual attention that he gave me than I was at the pretty expensive summer camp that I was attending. And I also started noticing how many hypocrites there were in church. started really hating it. From the rude old lady that hated kids to my dad getting mad and cursing and road rage on the way to church on Sunday mornings uh, to, you know, the pastors saying and preaching about one thing and actually doing another. At 16, I had an older boyfriend who introduced me to another religion. It was a religion that I thought I could do whatever I wanted, whatever I wanted, It was Wicca, or better known as witchcraft. It followed many of the same gods that my high school mythology course talked about, so I thought I knew many of them already. Of course, I only wanted to practice white magic. That's what I told my parents, not the black magic. But nevertheless, they're just different wings of the same very evil bird. I stuck with this belief for about six years or so. I just wanted to get away from my parents, away from their religion and their church, and um, closer to the sky that I'd met. You'll catch a theme in my old life, it seems, of involving myself with toxic men and being uninterested in any of the good ones. After starting birth control pills, my hormones spiraled, my behavior and my mind out of control. Did you know that there's such a thing as too much estrogen and the havoc that it can wreak on your emotions? After the breakup with this guy that introduced me to Wicca, I went on a destructive pattern of male attention-seeking, underage drinking, and many nights not knowing how I got home or who I was with. As if drinking weren't bad enough, I met a new man who introduced me to a couple of drugs. But hey, Not all was lost. I learned how to fish and my love for Frank Sinatra with this guy. (laughs) Then uh, to another man who widened my experiments into a variety of mind-numbing and mind-altering drugs. Many days and nights were lost and very dark. And then, as it it seems to always happen, I got pregnant Um, I'd been with this man for two years, but shortly finding out after I was pregnant, I found out I was not his one and only woman, and he'd not been faithful for quite some time. We tried some counseling, but he wasn't interested in making it work. It was a crushing blow. It was one of the scariest times of my life. Being alone and responsible for a little one, someone other than myself, I was just devastated, I lost my job because of depression, and I couldn't pay the rent by myself. My parents made a firm boundary that did not allow me to move back with them. It was really hard to take then, but seeing it now, it really was for the best. Um, I moved into a Topeka ghetto, a few, one of the few government housings based on income here in the city. It was not a good place. <laughs> shootings were common pretty much every night, break-ins, rapes, murders. And here I was, a young pregnant girl, alone, trying to be tough, but scared out of my wits. I see it now, the Lord's shielding and protection he provided me during that time. Actually, during all those years, throughout all of this, occasionally, he would very quietly speak in my heart to remind me that he was still there and that he was real, but I'd stuff it and I'd scoff and I'd swear I'd never be a Christian again. I finally sought out the personal counseling that I'd needed for many years, clearly, and started to heal a little. But I was dead set against Christianity. I rolled my eyes each time my parents would talk about God and the wonderful church they'd found, or whenever they'd listen to Caleb in the car. I told them many, many times, I hated Christians, I hated the church, and I hated God. But for whatever reason, the church I grew up going to with my parents, they told my parents to look elsewhere when they had a teenager dabbling in witchcraft. Uh, maybe they were scared. Maybe they didn't have the materials to help. Um, but Or maybe it turns out that God was leading them to be born again through this ordeal because they found TBC. They found so many people here who were willing to minister to them and pray with them. God has a way of working things out. I was able to quit the drugs and alcohol during my pregnancy, but had a hard time quitting smoking. I know it's terrible. But I was able to cut back drastically and eventually quit for my daughter's first birthday. I had my beautiful daughter... And I was determined to be a good mother to her. My parents agreed to allow me some healing time in their home for a few months, safe with my baby girl. Thankfully, <laughs> not in the ghetto. Uh, I had worked at Arby's during my pregnancy, but I, shortly after um, my daughter was born, I heard about an opening at the VA. Funny, uh, funny story. I, when I was sixteen or seventeen, I worked at Walgreens, and I was in, mostly in cosmetics, but I got put back in the pharmacy every once in a while when they were short. And it's funny that I had just enough experience at Walgreens to qualify for the VA's minimum work requirement. Um, It was also a blessing that the boss that I was speaking with was a parent to one of my favorite high school teachers, Small World. He brought me on part-time, said I, I was his employee experiment After hearing some of my story, wanting to give me a chance to get out of where I was, I was so thankful for him and now the Lord for working that all out. I was able to move out of the ghetto, get a nice, quiet apartment, and uh, right around then, I connected with one of my guy friends from long ago, just friendship level, of course. He had been transformed by the Lord at that time and started sending me daily texts with scripture most of the time i'd ignore them sometimes i'd heckle him about his mumbo jumbo little did i realize those seeds were being planted it was really lonely though i had a strong-willed daughter and i was exhausted i needed interaction other moms to talk to i needed guidance and advice during this really hard time of parenting. I was getting some of it from the Amazing Parents as Teachers program through 501, but it just really wasn't enough. At that time, I was desperate enough to step foot in a church. My mom told me about a mops group here that would be a resource to my needs. I went, making sure everyone knew that I was not a Christian, I didn't want to be a Christian, and really I just kind of hated Christians. Oh, shake your head, you know? I don't know how many people I scared off then, (laughs) but there were some amazing women in that group that didn't run away from me. They always had a speaker on a parenting topic for the evening, and we'd always have small group discussions. It was one of the speakers, probably multiple ones, that introduced the concept of having a personal relationship with God, that he wasn't just a God from long, long ago, that he was present, he was real, and he was working through others in amazing ways. He knew about my past and still loved me. I don't ever remember hearing that. Maybe it was said, I'm sure it was probably said in the church that I attended before, but I'd never actually heard it and connected with it. It took several meetings before it stuck, and I knew I needed to turn back to the Lord. I went with my mumbo-jumbo friend to a Christian concert where I heard the song Majesty by Delirious, and it utterly broke me. I accepted Jesus finally there. And I started going to church services here with my parents. I remember it was February two thousand and eight. But I was so stubborn still. I didn't want my parents to know how broken for God I was. And I was trying to hide my tears during worship service. I didn't want them to know they were right. (laughs) Still teenage mentality, I think. It was a slow process, but I can gladly say now that we're able to talk about godly things and how amazing his grace is. As I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to say tonight, I kept hearing the verse that says something like, let the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I had no idea what this verse was or why it kept going through my mind. I just know I'd heard it before. He stressed the word redeemed in that verse, and I don't typically like churchy words like this, but I've learned to follow the Lord's prompting. So I looked up the definition. Redeem, dictionary.com defines redeem as to buy off or pay off, clear by payment, to buy back, to recover by restoration from captivity, and finally, oh gosh, I skipped a bunch there, but to exchange, to convert, to fulfill, they're all listed there. (laughs) And then finally, they include a theological definition at the end, um, to deliver from sin. What an amazing action word. (laughs) Of course, the person who does all the buying back and the paying off, the recovering and exchanging and converting, they're called the Redeemer. After the Redeemer does all that work, he gets back what he wanted, the redeemed object. I love that I am that redeemed object and that Jesus is my Redeemer. That darkness of my skewed thinking and my blighted past was my captivity. The Lord had brought me and bought me back from the enemy. I've been fulfilled, converted, released, and restored by Jesus. He exchanged his life for mine. I am amazed and in awe of his sweet love and patience for me, his willingness to wait and to see me through all my rebelliousness. The end of Isaiah 43.1 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. The verse he had brought to my mind originally was Psalm 107, 1 to 2, that says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Another great verse on this is Isaiah 44:22. It says, I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Oh, how fitting these verses are in my life. For those of you that heard my intro, I am a single mom of two children. I also have an amazing son who God blessed me with nine and a half years ago. I just want to say that just because we make the choice to follow the Lord does not mean that we'll never struggle again in making good choices. Temptations are still there and we still fail and we give in sometimes, but God never, never gives up on you once you've been called. God's seal over you, and your salvation is never taken away because of your failures. I chose God over another toxic relationship with my son's father, and the Lord has blessed me in so many incredible ways because of that choice, beyond measurable. He's redeemed that too. Sometimes we wonder why in the world were we ever allowed to take those destructive paths in life? Why did God allow it? I can see how he's used almost every situation in my past to strengthen my current faith. I experienced a lot of spiritual darkness and manifestations while practicing witchcraft. That may scare some of you. It's actually kind of scary to think about now. But because all of that, I know without one iota of a doubt That there is a spiritual world that we cannot see. There is a spiritual war of dark versus light, fighting for our alliance. And because I know this, I can stand firm in my faith in the Lord. I wanna encourage anyone, maybe here or listening online, that may be stuck in destructive patterns. There is something better than that kind of life out there. There's a way out, there's a good life to live destructive patterns, cycles, frames of minds, they can be broken. They can be healed. Or anyone who's turned away from God, if you hate the church because of Christians, please hear me. The people in church are broken. We aren't always good or perfect representations of who God is. We need him to help us in our brokenness. That's why we're here. That's why we go to church. I didn't understand that then. All of our brokenness comes out in different ways, which can be hard to look past at times. So please don't judge God by the broken people who come to him for help. See how God can heal and forgive and love. He is the one that we need to look to for the examples of goodness. And finally, also, those who have allowed others to speak untruth into their minds and it stayed there for far too long, Seek out a professional to unwrite those words. You are more beautiful than you think. You are more worthy than someone else has led you to believe. They spoke to you out of their brokenness. We seek healing when we are sick, whether it's our body or our emotions or our mind that's gotten ill. The stigma around mental health counseling needs to end. They're there to help. Thank you.